All to Jesus. I would bet dollars to donuts, and I got the donuts to do it. We'll be done by noon, guys. I'm going to make this. Dollars to donuts. How was the baptism at the jail, Charlie? Good? Amen. There were five that got baptized, and you helped baptize three. Two women, three guys at Licking County Jail got baptized, and Charlie helped baptize three of them this morning. Amen? Yeah, Charlie has a jail ministry. Since he spent time in jail, they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't, didn't need to say that. Amen. Yeah, you're lucky. Everybody back in? Except for Jeff. Where's Jeff? Jeff! No. Who did I see? I thought I saw Pam. Did Ken Kolakowski walk in? Someone looked like him. It walked in. I don't know who it was. Well, I thought so, but someone, I thought, maybe I'm seeing things, you know. Oh, he's helping in the nursery? Jeff. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Father, I pray uh, you've been with us, Lord. Just thank you so much for your spirit that, that, that's with us, Lord, and uh, the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me to communicate the stuff you put on my heart for the people. I know that you want us to get this in our heart. Lord, you are who the Word of God says you are. You do what the Word of God says you'll do, and you're faithful. We put our trust in you. I pray, Lord, for words of wisdom for people that have questions about life and things. And I pray that those questions get answered, Lord, that some of those questions get answered today. Give us grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have a birthday among us today. And uh, we haven't sang happy birthday in a few weeks, so I'm going to embarrass Mike Demetrio over here and uh, slinking down. Let's sing. Mike, how old are you? You want to tell us or is it a secret? 35. 35 again. Okay. <laughs> Evie's is Monday, and Evie's in the nursery. Oh, that's who? It's Tuesday. Okay. So, who's? Lenton's was yesterday. That's right, Lenton. So Lenton, this counts you, Mike, and Evie. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mike, Lenton, Evie. Happy birthday to you. You're welcome. Hey, Evie, get a donut on us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't mention that. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sure we'll find out. All right, if you have, I know who it is. If you have your Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 1 and go to verse 13. Now, what I'm going to do today, I'm not necessarily going to preach um, I got a lot of, I actually had four sermon thoughts this week, and I couldn't decide. But what I want to do is I want to be helpful. I just, people in the church and people I run into are on my mind and heart. And I know God's who He says He is, you know, and sometimes our prayers 
and what we want doesn't match up to what we expect. And I, there's just certain things that I think will be helpful to us as we walk with the Lord. So I'm going to talk about some of the laws of the kingdom today. And it's not going to be like a sermon where I'm just going to preach. But I, I'm going to talk to us about laws of the kingdom. And maybe next week I'll come in and just preach. I'll get something and just preach on it. But um, when we are born again... How many born-again Christians we got in here? Anybody? Got some born-again? When we're born again, we enter into a new kingdom, and there's a whole new way of doing things. In Colossians 1.13, it says, Who hath Jesus delivered us from the power of darkness? Do you know that you're delivered from the power of darkness? You are. Now, young man, the devil wants to trick you into not believing that you are. That's his game. You do all kinds of stuff to try to convince you that you're not delivered. We'll talk about why that's effective on his end, if he can trick you. You have been delivered from the power of darkness, and you have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption. So when you become a Christian, you are literally born again And you are taken out of one kingdom, and you're put in another kingdom. And in that kingdom, things operate differently. Again, I'm not going to preach. I want to get information across. And so there's a new way of walking, a new way of talking, and a new way of being in God's kingdom. That's why it's so important to get filled with the Holy Spirit, because He helps you to do it. In fact, I would say without the power of the Spirit, um, it's difficult to grasp and see the things that God is trying to show us. Paul says in Galatians 5.16, he says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. There's a new way of walking. We are to walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the kingdom and when we walk in the Spirit... We find that God is walking with us, and actually the supernatural does begin to happen in our life. God begins to move. When we walk in the flesh, or we walk in the natural, or we keep walking, Paul says, like mere men, the way we used to walk, the results we get can be mixed. Um, Our faith can ebb and flow, and things just don't seem to work the way that the Bible says that they should work. And we get mixed mixed results because we're walking in the flesh. Sometimes, and you've heard it said, and there's no condemnation here today, but sometimes people have said you have one foot in the world and one foot in heaven. You ever heard that? Um, Well, it just doesn't work good when you're trying to walk in two kingdoms, right? Any of you women, girls ever date two boys? And they found out about it? It Unless you have an agreement, it doesn't work too good, does it? You know, you try to, you got one foot over with Bobby and one foot with Jimmy. It's just sooner or later, you're going to have to make up your mind which young man that you're going to date. Amen? Come on now. It's just getting real here. You got to make up your mind. And that's how it is with God. In fact, in the Old Testament, when Elijah the prophet uh, battled against the prophets of Baal, oh, I, I wish I could, I read it this week. I wish I could go back. I don't have time to read it. He stood up and he challenged the people of God. These were the people of God. He said, how long are you going to have two opinions? He said, if God's God, serve him. And if Baal is God, serve him. Make up your mind. You know what the people did? Now, I'm not saying sometimes what you do at me when I'm preaching. 
They just looked at him and didn't say anything. They, just were, they were non-committal. They just kind of looked at him, right? And then the prophets of Baal got up, did, did their thing. When Elijah prayed, the fire came down from heaven, consumed the sacrifice after he prayed. And then when the fire came down and the sacrifice was consumed and the water was lapped up from the altar, what did everybody do? Oh, Elijah, what a great prophet. Oh, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They were led by their senses. They waited. They had to see the miracle first. They were led by their senses. They had to see it, touch it, feel it first before they believed. And as soon as they saw it with their eyeballs, they were all shouting and, right? shouting and singing. But before they saw it, they were noncommittal. They were halting between two opinions. Well, that's not the way that the kingdom of God works, folks. If, if we rely on what, uh, uh, our senses and what we see and feel and how things are going ar- around us, we will never learn to walk by faith. And if we don't learn to walk by faith, we're not going to learn how to walk in the kingdom. In Romans chapter 3, again, I won't, I won't have time to flip to all these scriptures, but in Romans chapter 3, Paul talks about the law of faith. Now, he doesn't mean Moses' law, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit so you understand. He's not talking about Moses' law. He's talking about a principle or a rule or how, really, it's honestly, it's how things work. And he says, we are not made righteous by the law of Moses, but we are made righteous by faith. We are justified before God by faith. We're sanctified by God by faith. We live, we move, we have our being. We walk in the kingdom of God with our spiritual heart, our spiritual eyes, and our spiritual ears by faith. And if we're not walking in faith, you are not going to get the results that you want to get. The word says, the just shall live by faith. And folks, God expects us. Now, it's not that God, we we become children and he expects you all at once to be Billy Graham or I like to say Smith Wigglesworth. He doesn't expect that. But God wants us to grow in grace and in the knowledge. This is all throughout the scriptures, grow in grace and grow in knowledge. He wants us to learn talks about being babies where you're crawling, and then you're like toddlers where you walk, then you're like young men, you start running, and you become adults where you're mature, and you're not blown around by every wind of doctrine, everything. you're not blown around everywhere. You are anchored, didn't, didn't Jesus said that you could be anchored in his word so that when the winds come and the waves come, that you won't be blown off your, your foundation? Didn't he say that? As we, and it takes, it takes a while to learn this. And God has a lot of mercy, and I know I have a lot of mercy on people that are learning to trust God and are learning uh, to experience the reality of God's Word and to learn to live in a new kingdom. But as people of God, we have got to learn to walk that way. You don't want to be a 30-year-old baby, Right? You shouldn't be a Christian for 10 years and we're still changing your diapers. There are some signs that you're a baby Christian. I don't, I'm not, I'm not thinking of anybody in here. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not. But there are some signs. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 3. You're jealous. You're comparative. You're always comparing one person above another. You compare 
and you fight. There's division, and you're always fighting. We talked about that this morning, how it takes maturity uh, to have a family, and everybody's fighting. It takes maturity to be spiritual and not get pulled into all those division and fighting and all those. A spiritual person learns how to walk above all that stuff, right? That's signs of immaturity. There's also signs of maturity. A mature person is stable. You just know they're stable. You can count on them. They're faithful. In fact, if you went to Galatians 5 and you looked right after walking in the Spirit, Paul gives you a list of things that mature Christian people grow in. If you're going to grow in grace, you grow in goodness. You grow in kindness. You grow in patience. These are the things that a Spirit-filled life, you start to produce in your life. And even though we may not be perfect in it, you should see growth in a person's life. Amen? I actually pray. I come in here and pray, and I'll pray for different people that God will produce these fruits in our life. When these type of fruits are produced in our life, beautiful things start happening around us. Not that you don't have trials. In fact, you may have more trials. But the greater your trials, the greater your victory is going to be. You see that all throughout the Bible. You'll have greater trials. You'll have bigger temptations. You might have more things thrown at you. But if your roots are deep into the kingdom of God, learning how to walk in the Spirit, you will see more victory and more victory. You'll be trials over here, trials over there, but you'll have victory also. Someone say amen. amen. I, I talked about, you know, when our well went out and how I was challenged by the Lord to stand in faith. You'll have obstacles thrown at you. And I talked about when I prayed for Randy and I, you know, that in my mind, I had two ways to pray. As you walk in the spirit, you will always have choices to make as you're walking in the spirit over and over. Am I going to believe God? In fact, you know, last night, you know, when Talon sent me that text, I had a choice to decide, am I going to just believe God that he knows what's going on and that he'll figure something out? Or am I going to worry all night about the worship team tomorrow, right? I just went to sleep. Amen. Amen. I said, God, it's going to be okay. I said, those poor people, if I have to lead singing, I feel sorry for them. But, <laughs> but you know, you just have, a, I, honestly, I had a choice, right? I, had to, I could worry and fret or I could go to sleep, right? Amen. So I'm learning. And it's, it's so weird because God, I've been a Christian a long time now, f- filled with the Spirit. I have opportunities to worry all the time, just like you do. I have opportunities to be afraid all the time, just like you do. I have opportunities to be offended all the time, just like you do. I got all these opportunities. And in a, in a big one, I think is one we really struggle with. I have opportunities to be impatient all the time. And now I'm seeing the Lord's teaching me, he said, Brad, it says in James, the book of James, if you are patient, if you're believing and you're patient, he said, you will be a mature man, a mature woman, and you'll lack nothing. I got prayers out there on the docket. All my prayers haven't been answered this morning. Maybe in the spirit they're answered, but in the natural, all my prayers haven't been answered, but they're on the docket. I am patiently waiting for God to do what he said he was going to do. Amen? And it is going to happen the way I believe it. As long as my faith and my trust is in the word of God and in the spirit of God, the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. So when you come up to me and you're like acting like God lied to you or something, I just can't agree with you. Someone say amen. I love you so much and I'll go home and pray for you. But I I know when I have something that's not working in my life, 
then tomorrow if something's not working in my life, I do not blame God for it. How can our Creator, a perfect being that cannot lie, make a mistake in my life? Right? So if there's a shortcoming, it's got to be in me. Or maybe there's something I don't understand. There are mysteries. I'm going to ask you about that baby, by the way. I've been praying for him. There are mysteries. out. We just, some things we just don't know. And when you don't understand something, you're just best to be quiet. Let the Lord say, one day you're going to understand it. Maybe in this lifetime. There are mysteries that happen. There are things that happen that we may never get an understanding of. But according to the Word and by my relationship with the Lord, I know it cannot be God. God cannot fail. I will never fail you. I will never fail you. I'll never fail you, and I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Get it out of your mind. God has not failed you. He is not going to fail you, and He's not going to forsake you. So if there is something that needs to change, where does it need to change? Huh? With us, always. And it's not a condemnation. It's just, I got to change. That's good news. Jeff, the Word says that open rebuke is better than secret love. It says it in many places. Paul told Timothy to rebuke people soundly. I don't do that very like, like Paul told Timothy to. You guys me, you know. Like, if I rebuke you hard, I'm oh boy, you know. No, but he said rebuke them, right? Open rebuke is better than secret. So we got to be, be corrected because we want to walk in God's ways. Amen? We want to walk in fellowship with God. And there are ways to do it. Flip over to the book of Hebrews. I'm committed to being done by 12. Hebrews 8, 10. Folks, I'm not trying to preach, although I'm kind of preaching. Um, there are ways to walk with God. You're saved by grace through faith. God loves you forever. He's not going to change His mind you're a son of God. There's no male and female in the kingdom. You're a son of God. He's going to treat you like a son. He wants you to grow up to be like Jesus. So when stuff happens, he's always trying to teach you. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. He wants you to be a world beater, even if it's just in your family. Whatever your call of life is, the word says, God always causes me to triumph in Christ. He wants you to triumph. He wants you to eat the grapes. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have love. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to have satisfaction. He does. In Hebrews 8, 10, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and I will write them in their heart, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor know the Lord, for every man shall know him from the least to the greatest. I don't have time to go there, but in Galatians chapter 6, Paul says, hey, it's not the law, it's not circumcision or uncircumcision, it's not the law. He says, it's being a new creation that counts. When you become a new creation, born again, God puts His laws, He puts His covenants and laws in your heart. It actually becomes your nature. Remember I talked about identity recently. 
It's really who you are. That's why it's hard to live your old life. It's very unsatisfying to be a Christian and live the old way because you're a new person on the inside and His laws are in your heart and He's trying to put them in your mind and you're trying to walk in two kingdoms and it's very unsatisfactory. And when, when, when Paul says in Hebrews that God is writing His laws, he's not talking about the 621 laws of Moses. Someone say amen. Do you know in 2 Peter... Talking about Lot, it says Lot was grieved with the unlawful behavior of those in Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot lived contemporary with Abraham, and they talk about something being unlawful. What law was that? Law of God. It wasn't Moses. Moses didn't even come around for years later. When James, James talks about the royal law, anybody know what the royal law is? Love your neighbor as yourself. It's called the royal law. No, the law of God, it is more the moral law. It's the law of God's character and nature. You're not under a written code, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, do this, don't do that. Literally, you're a new creation and the law of God is in your nature now. Yeah. It's who you are. You are not a liar. You are not an adulterer. You are not, the, Paul said, such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been regenerated, you've been justified. You're not that anymore. You can choose to live like that, but you're going to get in trouble if you do. Someone say amen. They won't bring you any peace either. The law of God is the law of the new creation. It is our new nature that God gave us. And, and whose image are we conforming into after all? Do you think Jesus was struggling to honor his mother? Like he was going to the law of Moses and saying, okay, I got to honor my mother. Like, okay, that's one law I got to obey. You, you think he was doing that? Oh, I don't want to commit adultery. What, what other laws do I need to check to make sure that I do them? No, I think that law was in his heart. I think Jesus had love flowing out of his heart. It wasn't a struggle. And just so you know, flip over to Romans chapter 13. You guys with me? God's, God has put His law, His nature, His character into your heart, and He wants you to walk after it. He wants you to walk after it. You are generous. You are. You are faithful. You are a new creation. You are justified. Don't let the devil tell you different. If you're struggling in any area of your life, Paul talked about pressing in. Press, don't let the enemy knock you off track. You're not that old grumpy husband you used to be. Some woman say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why, why would you want to be? I used to be bound by lust, uh, and I hate to, I'm, I'm not proud of it. I am so glad to be free from it. What a burden to carry that around where you're always wanting something you can't have. You can't look at women with purity in your eyes. What a burden. Who wants that? Who wants to be bound by a, a, a computer or a videos that you have to get taken into every time when you come home, you got to go look at a computer and sneak and hide. Who wants that? Does anybody want that? That's bondage. No one wants that. It, you're captured. You've been captured by it. You're a slave to it. You ever met a habitual liar? They got that gentleman that's uh, still in luggage and stuff. I'm not laughing about it. You guys probably know him. I feel bad. I, we should be praying for that guy in the news. 
working for the government still. He's in bondage in many, many ways. I, my heart for him, I'm praying. I'm not saying, yeah, 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 they got a Democrat in trouble. I'm like, God, help that man. He's a very confused man. Help him, Lord. My heart has compassion for him. I ran to a transvestite in the Walmart the other day, and the Lord had me talking to him, and I don't know who I was telling to. Everything he's doing, he's doing it against his nature. He's an older man, and I left him. I just felt bad for him. I wasn't calling for God to kill him. and send, so I was saying, Lord, help that man. He's a very confused person. Help him. Who wants to live their life in bondage? Raise your hand. No, you want to be free. And there is a way to be free. It is to get filled with God. It is to get filled with Jesus. It's to uh, desire after the word of God and allow God to transform us from within so we look more and more like Jesus every day. Amen? Jesus is beautiful. I mean, he, Jesus, there is no one that's ever seen Jesus that didn't think that Jesus was just beautiful. Man, don't you want to be pure? When I've struggled in that, I just, when I've struggled in that area, it's gross. I want my mind to be pure. I want to be pure. Don't you want to be pure? I do too. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to this. Romans 13. Verse, you could really read more, but verse 10 says, Love works no ill to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of what? The law. The law of God. You love your neighbor. You love that guy that's still in uh, whatever, those things. You love your enemies. Love is the fulfilling of the law. That is your nature now. And when we walk in the Spirit, that's what we walk in. And folks, there are many, many, many more Spiritual laws, I'm going to throw a few things out here that if we learn to walk in spiritual laws, and actually, again, I want to reiterate this so you don't get this wrong, this is the law of your nature now. So when you walk in the Spirit, this is what you will do, okay? And walking in the Spirit, honestly, is a choice. It really is. It happens, Colton, by faith. You believe and you walk. The Bible talks about in Romans 8, 1, the law of the Spirit of life. That's a law. It's in your spirit. He that has the Son has life. There's a law of the spirit of life. When you walk in the spirit, you should have life coming out of you. There should be mercy and forgiveness and grace and and love popping out of your heart when you're walking in the spirit. I don't understand unforgiveness. And I'm not, again, I'm I'm not thinking about anybody here. I'm not. But I don't understand it. I just don't get it. Why would you want to be unforgiving when it binds you up? Right? It's like drinking poison and hoping you die. I'll drink the poison, Jeff. I hope you die. It don't work that way. You just bind yourself up. There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus where you actually, through faith, you come out of the law of sin and death. You have trust in Jesus Christ. You put your faith in him. God raises you up into a new law of life. It's Jesus living in you. And when you walk in that new law and that new life, you become a victor. You have miracles start happening. You you may lose 70 and get 100. I don't know how the miracle is going to manifest, but miracles will happen in your life. People that get miracles from the Lord and have a testimony is they're just hooked up with the Lord. He's a miracle worker. 
And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes some faith. And sometimes there are some battles that people go in. Things don't always happen in a day. But there is a law of the spirit of life. You ought to study it. There's, I, won't, I can't go into There's a law of honor. Can't go into it. A law of honor. When you show honor, you get honor. Honor your mom and dad, it'll go well with you. You just can't. There's a law of kindness. There's a law of use, however you use. There's a law of mercy. There's a law of humility. I'm talking about a principle of life. When I say law, I mean a principle of life. And there's a powerful one, Sonny, that the Lord talked to me about this week. It'll make you unselfish. It's not about, God, what can I get for me and all this? The Bible said, Jesus, uh, Paul said, whatever you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. If you believe that, it'll change how you live. Whatever I make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for me. It's a law of the Spirit. Give and it shall be. Forgive and you shall be. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain. Ephesians 6, 8, he says, Any good thing any man does, the same he shall receive from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Whatever you make happen. So as Christians, we should be... Uh, that is why Paul can say, don't just look out for your own interests. Look out for the interest of others. Mike, look out for Jack, Jackie's best interest. It's the most selfish thing you could do in a godly way. Look out for her best interest. You look out for his best interest. If you're both doing that, married couples, you'll have a beautiful relationship. I know Pam's looking out for me. I'm looking out for Pam, and it's good, right? Whatever you make happen, I want Pam to have peace. It's funny how it boomerangs back, back to me, amen? I'm sweet to her, and all of a sudden there's a pecan pie that emerges with my name on it, <laughs> amen? How many like a little more pecan pie in your life? And not burnt at the bottom either. A begrudging pecan pie. Whatever you make happen for someone else, God will make happen for you. One guy wrote a book, Caitlin, he called it being a go-giver. He was a salesperson. He said, be a go-giver. Don't be a go-getter. He said, be a go-giver. Go out and try to give to as many people. See who you can give a compliment to. See who you can give forgiveness to. Who, see who you can encourage that's down and depressed. See who you can forgive. See what you go be a go-giver. See who you can help. See who you can promote. You want to be promoted? Go look for someone else to be promoted. Push somebody else forward. Amen? Come on now. That's good stuff. Amen? That's the law of your new nature. That's who you are. Look in the mirror of the God's word, God's word and you see yourself right in there. Take your gaze off the word. Start looking around the wind and the waves. You're going to sink. You keep looking at the word and see your reflection in the word, in the face of Jesus. That's who you are. Powerful. You're transformed by that. Be a go-giver. Okay, and last one. I'm not going to belabor it. it. I've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. I, I, I could go into detail. On all. These are the laws of the kingdom. They're throughout the word. There's the law of sowing and reaping, which is kind of like whatever you do for someone else, God will do for you. Folks, we reap what we sow. We always, in the past, preachers, I'm ending now, I promise. I promise. In the past, Preachers used to always use that, and it's okay to do that, but they'd be like, I've done it. Like, you're going to reap what you sow, Hulk. 
You know what I mean? You're going to reap what you sow and point that bony finger at you. It's honestly not that way for the Christian. If you're preaching to an unbeliever, you could do that. You're going to reap what you You could do that. But when you're preaching and teaching Christians, it's like, hey, guys, I got good news. I got good news. You're going to reap what you sow. You guys are loving people. You're giving. You're generous. You pray for people. You help people. You encourage people. You are going to reap what you sow. Isn't that beautiful? There's a law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow in the Spirit, he's talking about a, he's talking about a spiritual law. Read it. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So shouldn't we, imperfect as we are, Joe, we're, 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 we're imperfect at it. Do you still live in a fleshly body and still live on the earth? Are we still capable of making mistakes? Yeah, we are. Thank God for forgiveness, right? Thank God for faith in the blood. Right? I, got, I got the blood covering me. Don't you throw no knife in my back. I got the blood covering me. I'm under the blood of, I'm forgiven. I got blood all over. Jesus' blood's washing me. The Lord sees me like he sees Jesus because of that blood, and I know it. I'm going to stay right there. But don't we want to allow the Lord to transform us into that image that's on the inside of who we really are? You know, the Bible says, read it, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, when you see Jesus as he is, you are going to be just like him. Isn't that incredible? And we get this beautiful opportunity to start allowing that process to happen. You will be successful in God. I can't tell you everything is going to go perfect for you in life, but you will be successful in God. You'll have more peace and more joy and more creativity and expansiveness and serenity in your life when we just decide we're going to go all in on this transformation process. Would somebody say amen? amen. Then I'll be quiet. So I do. It does bother me when people have problems and things, and I don't like it. Sometimes it's it, often it's no, no one's fault. Sometimes people are just struggling. I want to be very merciful about that. Sometimes people just struggle and they need help getting free. When someone comes to us with the problem as a Christian, we have the beautiful opportunity to intercede for them and to help them and to pray for them, not to judge them, right? But the Lord wants you to know how to walk free and stay free. You need never be bound by sin again, never. Whoever the Son sets free is? Free are you free? Indeed. Word says you are. Word says you're dead to sin. Are you dead to sin? Word says you're alive to God. Are you alive to God? You are. You are. So I think, I guess rather than saying, why is this? And I think we ought to just seek the Lord and allow Him to work this transformation in our lives. Amen? Amen? Ken hit on the beginning of it last week about being filled with the Spirit. Holy Spirit is no one to be afraid of. He's our helper. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to end. It is 12.02. I'm two minutes behind. Pam and I are going to be here. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here receiving prayer. Uh, we'll, we'll pray for you. There are donuts on the way out. No one's going to judge you for that fifth donut, I promise. 
(laughs) I won't be back there. So, Father, I pray for, I hope I'm making people hungry for more than donuts, Jesus. I, I pray we get hungry to live in this reality because Jesus is the reality and He is the truth and it's better with Jesus. I'm telling you, we've done it without Jesus long enough. We've done it without the Holy Ghost long enough. Help us to surrender to the Spirit. And Lord, it's not just today, it's every day. It's waking up and deciding, I choose life. I choose Jesus. I'm going to walk with Jesus today. Lord, give us a hunger for that. Pour out great grace on us, Lord. All of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.